Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Real Housewife of New York and entrepreneur Bethany Frankel comes on to share her uh, unfettered opinions with us. News coming as well. First, there's J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Pros have trusted J.B. Weld for years. But why hire a pro when uh, J.B. Weld makes you into a pro with their fantastic products. We're proud to have J.B. Weld Epoxy Adhesive on as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. This is a good guy, a good company, a great outfit. DIY projects, auto, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more. And you can use J.B. Weld on metal, wood, plastics, glass, uh, ceramics, whatever. Keep it in your kitchen drawer, your craft supply in the garage. I use it to fix uh, Sonny's tennis shoe, and Stromer used it to fix his uh, wet saw. Different products, but all made by J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld just acquired Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest bed liner, Herculiner has you covered, right, Dawson? J.B. Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, J.B. Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Do you want to be a part of Adam's next book? Yeah, yeah. Submit your questions for Ask an Asshole by emailing them to askhole at adamcarolla.com. Ask about any topic you need the ace man's advice or answers on. That's A-S-K-H-O-L-E at adamcarolla.com. Bethany Frankel is our guest. She's a TV personality and author and entrepreneur. Has a new reality competition show called The Big Shot with Bethany. It's available now on HBO Max, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of uh, that. Real housewife of uh, New York City uh, from 08 to 2010, then 2015 to uh, 2019. And, of course, this Skinny Girl brand of uh, liquor as well. Good to see you, Bethany. Hi, how are you? I'm well. I was. Uh, I think I watched almost every episode of Real Housewives from uh, the first season. Were you guys the first season? Second, I think. I was first season. Yes, it's surprising to me. We, you interviewed me years ago on, I think, a TV show. I mean, a long time ago, in the very beginning. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, that you? makes sense okay. to me. Okay. Yeah, I think you did, and I remember enjoying it. I was excited because I um. I need to give you the street cred of being so early in the podcast space because when I went to meet with, um, I don't think it was called podcast one. Was it Westward one? Somebody in, in LA. West, I went to meet with it. Yeah. Westward right one became podcast one. Okay. So I went to meet these guys there in the office and I said, like, can you make, you know, real money here? Can you make real money doing this? I didn't understand exactly what a podcast was for me and what it entailed. It was a while ago. It was in the beginning for you. But he was like, Adam Carolla is crushing it. He is our number one guy. And I just remember thinking that you were, you know, the benchmark. So that was a while ago. So you've been, you're a dinosaur in this, this, or really, what's, what's a genre? A maverick. A maverick. maverick. All right. Well, thank you. But enough about me. 
Okay. Uh, well, I don't want. Okay. Great. Let's talk about you. We'll get into the uh, competition show in a minute. Um, yeah. I'm looking down on your career facts on your bio here. It said moved to Los Angeles in '92 and worked as a nanny to Paris Hilton and assistant to Jerry Bruckheimer. Yep, I worked for Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry and Linda Bruckheimer. I worked for Kathy Hilton. I worked for Lauren Michaels' company and Mark Berg's company. For some reason, unless everybody in LA just works for somebody who becomes something or becomes more of something, I was lucky. I just fell into interesting places. My first real job was at La Scala working as a hostess where they invented the chopped salad. Oh. So through that restaurant, I ended up meeting a lot of these people. That is a great chopped salad, by the way. <laughs> right? I, I love it. Did you get salami or did you get chicken? It's funny. I got the chickpea and I think I added turkey, but oh. I got it for free, which they don't do anymore for employees. It was like a $25 salad. I'd get everything on it and that would be my big meal for the day because I was broke making $8 an hour. There's a pretty high batting average for people who were assistants or APs or lower level, whatever. I know it from doing the man show 20 years ago that I find I find like I have pitch meetings or something. And like you're going to go to ABC and you're going to meet, meet with the head of reality and you walk in there and it's a guy who drove the van right. on the man show. And now I got to exactly. kiss that guy's ass. <laughs> but by the way, is that not such a lesson? Exactly. All the guys that I knew that were assistants or junior agents, I mean, major, major guys now, Patrick Whitesell from Endeavor, you know, Guy Rosinski who managed it. Angelina Jolie, Todd Garner, all of them, Kevin Mish, they've all run, stu- oh, Scott Stuber, they all run studios, all these were, these were people in my crew, but we were all nobodies. Yeah, that's why you should be nice to everyone around on the oh, off chance that you, you may need know. a job from now them one day. Us. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> or just be consistent, because I know people who sort of treated me, you know, fine, they didn't kiss my ass then. It's worse when this, those same people who are rude to me kiss my ass now. If people were sort of rude and they're still rude, I respect it more. Does that make any sense? Sure. It's at least genuine. Yeah. Consistent. No, it's 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 authenticity. Like, I, I like this version of Rosie O'Donnell better than the fake version of Rosie O'Donnell, even though the fake version was the nice version. Right. Exactly. Well, then you'd like the every version of me because it's not always popular the things I say, and I don't ever want to be sanitized i'd rather be canceled than diluted and i liked your conversation earlier very much because i was thinking about so movies now don't you know people aren't smoking in movies and people don't say inappropriate things in movies anymore but movies reflect people and people still say inappropriate things and people still smoke so now movies aren't portraying real situations and often stand-up comics are not just playing a character but they're not always telling the truth they embellish stories but they're getting in trouble for things they said within an embellishment. So I think that's a lot of gray. Yeah. I've always, I've had these arguments my whole career. I remember I was trying to do some sketch over at uh, Jimmy Kimmel live, maybe in season one or season two must've been, you know, 18 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And we had this thing that we're going to shoot and there was a French whore and she was in the alley, and then I don't know who the guest part was. I can't remember all the nuts and the bolts, but I remember clearly that the French whore 
who was done up like a turn of the century. Sure. Right. Tart. Standing right. there. Can you say French work? Well, Isn't it like vaginal professional? I mean, can't, can't, because I don't, I don't know if you can say. I mean, well, maybe now. Oh, that's what shame. Horshing. She was smoking. She was supposed to be smoking. And the network's like, she can't smoke. And I'm like, why can't a French whore smoke? She's like, because we don't want cigarette. And then like, you're not glorifying cigarettes. Right. And they're like, yeah, no smoking. And I would always say, are you willing to admit that some people smoke? Because if they are willing to admit yeah. some people smoke, then you could have somebody smoking. She's not glorifying smoking. She's just a French whore who should be smoking. It was a big argument that I, I lost. It. But it is, brings us back to what you just said, this thing of like we're trying to shape everything by right. going back and cutting, editing books and mm-hmm. Disney movies and stuff like that. I. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's going to end well. That's all. I'm right. Saying. Because look what happens. You know. Well, I don't want to get in trouble with the Catholic Church, but you know, from from if, if anybody refrains themselves from eating everything that they like, all of a sudden they're going to bend and go overboard. It, you know, every celebrity that paints himself into this perfect woke corner ends up making some crazy hypocritical error because it's un- unsustainable. So you're better off just sort of staying, being, I mean, I've said, I'm always on the verge of being canceled, but I'm always on the, you know, never on the verge of being not myself. It's really gross watching all these celebrities just be so shiny and filtered and perfect and everything they say is politically correct and everything they fight for is, and I don't know everything and I can't keep up with it. I could say something wrong because I don't know what what I've said. We're not all supposed to be experts on every single piece of terminology. Well, and life's a lot easier that way, right? Like they said, it's so hard to remember all your lies. It's just easier to be honest. It's so hard. True. It's so much easier just to be you. Then you really don't have to think. Right. Right. And I also, agree. it evolves from the the language evolves so fast. Like who can keep up? You know, you go from Mexican to Hispanic to Latino to uh, Latinx. Latinx now. Like and and. uh Chicano, Chicano was Chicano was the Latinx of the 1970s. Right. Yeah. They tried to pitch Chicano pretty hard, and it didn't really oh. totally catch well, on. Or you couldn't. No, you can't say Oriental. When we were growing up, he was saying Oriental, and kids used to say "bomb," not homeless. That's what kids would say. I mean, there are things that just change that you're just absolutely not allowed to say. But it's not only the words. What about for sing? go to Mayo, you're not allowed to post like a sombrero. Are you allowed to post maracas or a margarita or tortilla chips? Is that, you know, I, I literally don't know. So you're just like, forget it. Forget it. It's over. Christmas is canceled. So it's go to Mayo. I don't there, know what to post. There's that huge thing. Maybe it was at Harvard. It's probably been about four or five years now where some professor and his wife just sort of said, look, it's Halloween. Right. You want to wear a sombrero? Wear a sombrero. Like, we're not going to judge. And all the students turned on him and started going nuts on the progressive couple that just went, uh, let's just, I'll give you a mulligan. Right. If you want to dress up like a leprechaun, go ahead. No one's going to, no one's going to judge. Yeah, it was Yale 2015 and they all went fucking bonkers on, on that couple. I, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a high misery index. Maybe everyone under 30 is just fucking miserable now. And that's the, that's the way they express it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Everyone under 30 is on my show. 
trying to get a job working working for me. So that might be why it's a challenging prospect. How are they? How how do you notice a difference between the younger generation work ethic and things like that versus the problem is we're now those people saying that like unless the world explodes and then we can blame it on everybody younger than us. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the music and TikTok. You know, you want to get my daughter like a stripper pole for her 11th birthday because of TikTok. But then people can argue that back in the day, Madonna had like cones on her breasts. But it wasn't as constant. It wasn't 24 hours a day. So I will say that the crop of people that I saw in the beginning of this show interviewing to be the vice president of operations for my company, which is legit. It's a legit company. It's not, you know, it's not Yahoo, but it's, it's a legit company. Um, I was thinking this is a bunch of clowns. It's not, it's not possible that any of them would be able to do this. It's just they're, they're more worried about their wardrobe and what they're posting and you know everybody thinks that social media equals success you post something great you can become famous and become successful and make money out of it that's work and my feeling is it doesn't matter whether it's now or 50 years ago hard work equals success period story and film at 11 there's no shortcut you can't filter your way out of it so i find the people that i experience don't have that same hunger. When I worked for Kathy Hilton, I never thought of counting an hour or when lunch was or when my break was or when my Christmas break. I just didn't, you just worked your ass off. You were working with Jerry Bruckheimer. I was sorting vitamins for him and like, you know, sitting in the movie seat until he got there to let him sit in his movie seat. I mean, you just did it all because you just were psyched to have a job. So I just, where are those people that are hungry like that versus worrying about everything I'm going to say that's inappropriate and calling me out for it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had a problem with the self-esteem movement. I think it's completely backfired, you know, because the self-esteem movement has kind of hijacked the the hierarchy. So there needs to be a general and a private. It's it's an army. There needs to be a boss and uh, and a greenhorn, an underling, you know, uh, uh, whoever. There needs to be a sort of a pecking order. And what I've realized. One of the things that has gone the way that Dodo is this hierarchy, not having this understanding. It's funny. I was thinking about it just this morning mm-hmm. when uh, about 10 years ago, somebody dropped off, what was it, six, eight, ten oh, cases of, of high-end beer, like mm-hmm. good-ass microbrew beer and it was on a pallet like in the back of my shop and I was leaving for the day and I, I remember looking at it and I remember going oh there's some good beer in there I'm going to get in on some of that and then the next day I showed up and it was gone and I thought some hard-working upstart employee must have moved it all into the into the right. storage closet or something I'm going to give that person a, a that a boy and as it turns out Everyone just took a case home for themselves and didn't discuss it with me. And I wow. thought that's a new world. That's a new. That's a new thing that didn't that's exist. Called entitlement. I, it's something. It's not called entitlement. Like that's that's entitlement to me. Well, it, it, in, in a in a weird way, it's like when I had my nineteen year old nephew try to come work for me uh, a couple of years ago. Part of me wanted to blame him for showing up half the time and writing me a letter why it was an unsafe workplace when he left. But the other part of me 
I, other part is like when you see cultures, certain cultures like eat with their hands. And you go, why don't you right. use a spork, dude? And they go, that's their culture. Yeah, like that's what, what they right. grew up in. Yeah. That's, ah. that's what they know. That's the insidious part. Like, it's the culture. It's not really the individual who goes, I'm doing my own rogue move here. Right. That's that's how they roll now. Well, that's what's funny because, you know, we always say, you know, you don't coddle kids in school because when they go into the yes. real world, it's not like that. Well, guess what? And a lot of these, you know, besides here and at Bethany's, a lot of these places are having to bend for these kids. So it's like, which is it? Interesting. That's so, well, I was watching the documentary last night on Ethel Kennedy, and they were saying that for her, she was very competitive. And with all 11 kids, it was called winning. That's it. There's no, you get a medal. doesn't matter if you tried, you win. Now, you know, all, and, and the Kennedys were exactly the same way. And they were all arguably very successful, very unlucky in many ways, but very successful. And I'm not for every kid getting a medal. Like, and, and really, no, life isn't like that. If you want to be average, if you want to be sort of above average, maybe it's like that. If you want to be extraordinary or exceptional, it doesn't matter if you're in 50 years from now or 50 years ago. You got to work your ass off. But most people don't. So I find that inspiring for certain people because you, you can say to someone poor right now with no job after the pandemic, listen to me, you're passionate, driven, have a good gut instinct, and you work your ass off properly, you will be successful because most people do not do that. Well, you know, as I think about my soon-to-be 15-year-old twins, you know, in this world of entitlement and self-esteem and attitude, uh, it's it's going to leave a big opening for anyone who wants to do what you just said. Mm-hmm. Any young person who wants to just show up early and often and kick ass and and you forget about special skills or talents, just mm-hmm. being right. really focused and yes. ready to work. Well, you will yes. stand out. So when I work, you know, when I was 19 and looking for a job, I ended up on a construction site, but I ended up on a construction site with a bunch of other 19 year olds who worked their ass off. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I was consistent. I dug ditches like I worked hard and the boss saw that I worked hard, but I wasn't working so much harder than the other 19 year olds who were busting their hump. Now, if those guys were sitting around hitting off a vape pen and checking their their mm-hmm. tweets and I was still in the ditch digging, then there would have been an even bigger chasm there. And I think we're at that spot now. Like if you can just muster the intestinal fortitude just to work hard, you will stand out in this day. So age. smart what you just said, because the person who comes in is like, don't worry about it. If I don't know it, I'll figure it out. I'm on it. I got you. I got, that's the whole thing. Just someone who's like, uh, you, you want to say to them, I don't care how the sausage gets made. Just bring the sausage. If I tell you to do it, I promise you it's possible and figure it out. And that's kind of what you're talking about. And people who work smart, not just who are moving papers around the desk pretending they're busy. Everyone's so busy. People who work smart. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, but it's comforting to those who know that they have that drive because they can thrive because most people don't do that. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. And speaking to the new world order, do we ever look at that? CIA recruitment uh, commercial. Dawson's probably familiar with it. Do we ever look at that on this show? Uh, It's kind of, it's, if you want to talk about the world changing, it was a, I think it was CIA. It was a new recruitment commercial that the CIA put out about 
two weeks ago, or I think I was in Appleton, Wisconsin. Anyway, we'll show you that if you want to know how the world's changed. We're talking about the CIA in a recruitment video. But I I will. This isn't the be all you can be army. No, this is this is very, very, very (laughs) different than what your dad's CIA recruit. Your dad's CIA would have shown a guy repelling from a helicopter Mm -hmm. and taking out a guard with a throwing star. (laughs) This is a this a little different recruitment. I'll I'll let him I'll let him find it. But it is interesting when people are doing job interviews. Here's totally right. You're doing a job interview. You just go in and go. I'll work my ass off. I'm going to be of service. You know, I've noticed a lot of job interviews now. They tell you, like, they'll come in and they'll go, I need two weeks off in July because I'm going to a wedding in the Virgin Islands. So I will not. So just if you hire me, just know now, circle it on your calendar. Let me tell you where I'm not going to be here if you hire me. Also, you know, here are my dietetic restrictions and Mm -hmm. here's who I'm on the spectrum. And so here's be prepared for Mm -hmm. this. And I'm like, you don't go into a job interview and give a list of demands of of time Mm -hmm. off and dietetic restrictions. Did did this just happen to you? No, it just happened to me where someone said to me that they they don't work weekends ever because they have a, a, a farmhouse. Oh, that'd be nice. Someone who works as a domestic professional in my life said that they can't work on any weekends ever, even though this is part of the job description, because they, they have to go to their farmhouse. I, I mean, it, and then someone when ent- being interviewed did exactly what you said. In July, I like to go see my family. I, you know, vaca- and it's like, at least play the game. We don't need to be talking about vacation. I don't know what my vacation is. I don't have the luxury of figuring out what my vacation is in July. Zero, zero point zero idea. Um, yeah, the limitations. I the was, limitations immediately. I was at a barbecue with a middle-aged guy who was a partner at a law firm. And I don't think people, I don't think young employees or young lawyers or young whoever's really understand how much it sticks in the craw of their mm-hmm. older employer when they say things like Jimmy will tell me things like, oh, that guy said he couldn't do this because blah, blah, blah. It's like it's low level people right. like it sticks with them. And this wait, I don't get it. Say it again. This the the things that people say, like I, I don't work mm-hmm. weekends as if it's oh. nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm throwing well, these right. things away. And this this senior attorney, this guy who is a partner at a law firm. Even though we're at a barbecue drinking a beer, was like, I got a 27 year old associate. He's on vacation right now for two weeks. And he said to me, Don't bother calling. Like, I don't care what the situation is. I will not be answering my phone. And this guy's like, I always have my phone on me. That's part of the job. You know, and he was like, This guy's never making partner. Never. He uttered those words. He didn't have to utter those words. He He could have brought his his phone and just not picked it up or whatever. Said I was hiking. I was out of range. We're on the top of a mountain. But he made it super clear to this guy who was a made man at the law firm that don't ever think about me working. I'm gone for two weeks and don't bother calling. And this guy thought to himself, I don't care how good that guy is when he comes back. Mm-hmm. He's never making partner here. 
I have to tell you guys, this this is here to stay, at least as long as this economy is good, because my wife, uh, her industry is very competitive right now for hiring. Like people are getting hired, poached, you know, across all different companies. Yeah. And and one of the the no, not one of the biggest uh, thing they find when it comes to people who are taking other jobs or leaving for other jobs or deciding between jobs is flex time and working from home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. personal time, you know, I, I need to be home so many days a week. I need to be in the office so many days a week. This is this is the number one thing when it comes to recruitment now. So this is this is here to stay. You mean as a as a, a temptation. A, as, as your as a, criteria for temptation. Yeah, yeah. We have we have the FBI. It is the FBI uh, CIA. CIA. CIA, sorry, the CIA uh, recruitment video from I think it's about two weeks old but uh, I think you guys get a kick out of this I'm a woman of color I am a mom I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder (laughs) I am intersectional but my existence is not a box checking exercise I am a walking declaration a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did I like not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent. And sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons. And I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. Mija, you're worth it. Mija. This is interesting because if it said at the end of that, tampons unapologetically you i'd be like great tampax commercial but this was a very confusing cia commercial dawson you have a take yeah i talked to you i i kind of felt the same when when i saw this i'm like what what is happening to the cia what's going on so i i called my friend doug laux who as you know was in the cia and Mm -hmm. uh, he he started laughing he said uh no dude don't worry uh the cia is still 99% 99% white men and 99% of those white men are Mormon. And that's really? why the commercial yeah. had to happen. Right. Yeah. They had to have exactly. their, their token Jew. So they're, they're lying to you. They're painting a picture that's false. But they're, I mean, I get it. You're recruiting a very specific person, but like we talk about, you know, in all kinds of things, do you want your, um, you know, your, your Delta pilot full of doubt? Do you want your CIA agent telling you that they have generalized anxiety disorder? Those no. are the people who get passed on. They don't pass. Everybody's free to take the test, Doug says. Right. But do you see that test. really as a recruitment video? Because I see that as a showing everybody that we're well represented in the minority right. community 
disguised as a recruitment commercial. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah. the softening of the CIA when when we don't even know how much our own government is spying on us personally. Don't worry about it. We're going to throw this over here well, for you. And like Brian We're said, nice. And like, we have anxiety order disorders just like you. But I loved 85% of the shit she said just as a woman, like full stop, not apologizing, taking up my space, go fuck yourself. Great. But like like you said, like what are we selling? What What is this commercial for? I, I think it's I think commercials fall into one of two headings. There's commercials for Coke that are selling Coke and then there are ones that are sort of selling the brand, right. you know, good vibes, you know, and I think that, that's, what I, that's what I think. And I think it was representing we're talking about mental illness a lot, a lot lately. Check the box. We're talking about minorities a lot, not getting canceled. Check the box. We're talking about women. Check the box. It sounded it felt like that, but they didn't. She was, you're right, great. Many of the things she said was great. It didn't feel like they landed. Well, she start, She got out of the gate by explaining nine things she was and then says she didn't fit in any box. But she right. She started by all checking the, all, all the boxes, boxes. and yeah. then said this is not a box checking <laughs> exercise. Well, it just was. And it did imply that there is a lot of hand turkey arts and crafts at the CIA because there are multiple True. hand turkeys yeah. in that commercial. Yeah. That's by surprise. Yeah. That's about the daycare, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> the daycare right. program? Let me give you a plug here, uh, Bethany, the uh, TV show, reality competition show is called uh, The Big Shot with Bethany. It's available now on HBO Max. And um, you can also listen to the podcast. Just it's be. A, it's a great podcast. I'm, Thank I you. listen a lot. Sorry to interrupt, but That's all right. I, I yeah. listen to it a lot. I, I, I really, at first I was like, what, what's this going to be? I listen to so many podcasts and like, it's, it's great. And there's one thing you said one time. You said a lot of things, but one thing I loved where you said you don't mix, um, philanthropy and business and how no. you keep them separate. And I was like, these ideas are just so fascinating. It's not because what I- happens is when I've been doing relief work, I do a lot of disaster relief work. We just did a hundred million dollars in three years and like $20 million in PPE during the pandemic brands talking about disingenuous brands. They try to slip in. We want to help. We want to donate this much. To the, to the disaster in Puerto Rico or in India or and they want a social post. So now what we're doing is you're giving me something and I'm doing an integration into my so just give me the money or give me the stuff and pay me later separately if you want to do a brand deal. But I don't like when people ask me to do a speaking engagement and then they want to pay me in donating to my charity, right. which is a write-off for them. I just don't like church and state. Like, just- I work so much on relief and I work so much on making money. And I just want those two to stay separate. Really shrewd takes like that, that you wouldn't even know to ask. Like it's a really interesting podcast. Well, there you you go. Good plug. Just be with Bethany Frankel available. Apple podcast, Spotify as well. Good. See you again, my dear. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. All right. Uh, Let me tell you about LifeLock and then we'll get into some news. Cyber criminals. Target job seekers with fake postings designed to trick people into revealing their personal information and social security number. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our info at risk on the Internet. In an instant, cybercriminals could harm your finances and your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects, uh, LifeLock, I should say, helps detect a wide range of identity threats. Threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert and you'll have access to a dedicated restoration specialist. 
It's LifeLock, right, Dawson? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code ADAM for 20% off. All right, quick break. Back with the news right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know. It's hard work out there, owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at GEICO. That is GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Give me the news with crap. News with Gino Grad, breaking viral, weird crime protest politics. Give me news with Gino Grad, stuff they saw on TMZ, Joe Biden, Kamala, meet news with Gina Gino News with Gina Grad. We've talked a little bit about the Bill Gates divorce and what's going on, and and we got I think the tip off from I think it was you, Brian, who about the uh, the the old fling that he was allowed to do the you know weekend oh, year. That was, oh, okay. that was moi. Hey, oh yeah. Yeah, he got his hall pass. That's right. Well, this is totally different. He's getting his Me Too moment now because the Wall Street Journal reports that last year Gates was pushed off the board of Microsoft, which he co-founded, due to an inappropriate sexual relationship with a Microsoft employee. The engineer claimed in a letter that the affair with Gates started in 2000, went on for years. The New York Times published on Sunday a report that two other Microsoft employees received the go-out-to-dinner-with-me messages from Gates. One of the women was emailed in 2006 she ghosted bill who concluded his email if this makes you uncomfortable pretend it never happened these disturbing reports this wall street journals calls them disturbing follow another uh that noted how melinda gates began divorce proceedings the same month that bill was exposed for having this very chummy friendship with uh jeffrey epstein well it's always surprising like i said because we're so we're we're so on the surface as as a human is as, as a species we're so um superficial that mm-hmm. you know you look at Burt Reynolds and goes that guy loves pussy they look at Bill Gates that guy doesn't want any pussy come on it's true and it's it's insane it's, it's the I, butterfly and the cockroach right <laughs> bill gates could have been much more into pussy yeah. than burt reynolds no. I, I would argue that the guys that have their shirts undone to their navels and the big <laughs> the mustaches are actually overcompensating right. for for maybe not being quite as into it as we think they should be. That's, right? a, good, I don't, that's a good point. I don't know. But um, it's also Bert, Miss Bert, kind of. But the there's also a, a thing, although people forget, you got to watch, you know, you're smoking the band. So go watch Hooper or one of those movies with Bert at like the height of his powers. He was like the, was the most charming guy yeah. uh, ever born. You I ever was, see Hooper? No, but I saw Deliverance of the young Bert Reynolds and he was, he's, he's the ultimate male. He's out yeah. there shooting bows and arrows and badass. Uh, Hooper is a fun, I think okay. it's a Hal Needham movie, but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. fun in the vein of smoking the bandit okay. and that kind of stuff. Fun movie. All right. Yeah. Um, so we have this, they have this thing, which is we have super powerful guys, mm-hmm. rich and powerful guys, and 
you know, when it comes to rich and powerful, the, there's perks, uh, traditionally. <laughs> wealth and power being yes. two of them. Well, so let's, let's break it down. Yeah. You got to go on exotic vacations and you got to eat at fine restaurants, but... Uh, Bob Bryan is nor rich or powerful. That's right. He gets to go on good vacations. Yes, he do. gets to eat at fine <laughs> yes, restaurants. You know, but what but, is that? What without is the wealth or the power? <laughs> Nothing. Not even a modicum of respect from your peers. Well, well, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't. Don't don't ask. The point is this: uh, there's not such a, a chasm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so what I'm saying is is if you said to any rich and powerful guy who's in his late 50s, early 60s or something, and you go, you are married to the same person you met before you were rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of that. So, you know, Ben Affleck can date or marry or Jayla mm-hmm. or whatever, but there's a pool that he's choosing from. Correct. It's called models mm-hmm. and supermodels. Yeah. Those, that's the pool. When you're up and coming and starting that business or whatever it is, you're not choosing from you that get what pool. You get. So now you're with that person and ironically you can go I mean Bill Gates's life, you know, the home he lives in, mm-hmm. the parties he goes to, the yachts he hangs out on. I mean the the life is the the adventure, right. the opportunities, the sure. people he gets to meet with and and, and the philanthropic yeah. stuff and everything too. But meanwhile, he would trade places with a 26-year-old Dawson who could go bang cocktail waitresses after his midnight shift uh, let off at the San Diego radio station. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all the power, all the prestige, all the money, all the everything. If you said, hey, Bill, or any of these guys, no exotic vacations, no yachts, mm. and no touring the Louvre I during like the off hours, but you get to fuck 23-year-old hotties. I'm back in. They would all trade mm. that all. they fucking trade that all in wow. in a second. So now we're living in this weird time where guys can't do that right. anymore, but these guys don't really know they can't. And there's also, it's too easy to communicate. So, I mean- you used to have to go to the bar mm-hmm. and fucking man up, mm-hmm. take a Buy shot of Jaeger and like walk up and ask if you could sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, used to have to go to the hot receptionist and go talk to her and ask her if she wants to oh, go to yes. lunch, you know. But now you can text people shit when you're drunk. <laughs> you can. You know a- there's mean? an app that's, oh, my God, there's somebody that wants to fuck me 300 feet away. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you literally go walk within the restaurant and find the person you just matched with on an app. Well, there's easy fucking after what I'm saying if there if you're Bill Gates, you can just send that receptionist a thing saying, oh, yeah. you know, uh, this weekend, you know, having yeah. my wife's out of town, we're having a couple friends over, going to swing by or something. It's it's easy to do. It's also traceable. Yes. Now is the problem, but um I would imagine there's going to be well, there's usually not a little bit of this. There's usually like a little more Smoking of it. Fun. They're going to find a little more of this. Yeah. And it's so funny how I missed the boat on all of this. Like when I was little, you did not. I mean, the grads did not talk about Gina's like insanely intense anxiety disorders and my inability to leave the house and like go to school or go to a friend's house or even sleep in a different room in my house. I was a fucking mess. And this was not... 
you don't go shouting this from the rooftops. This is a very dirty little secret that like Gina had some issues. And, you know, working in New York when I was in my early 20s and being I was asked to lunch by one of the higher ups at the place I was temping. And I was so nervous to say no. I just called out sick for the next three days mm. and, and kept it to myself. Mm-hmm. I missed the boat on all the shit. <laughs> I know. Now you're stuck with a guy who doesn't even can't successfully complete a marathon because he goes too far. I know. It's really the worst. I guess I won in the can't end. Can't stop running at 26.2 miles. <laughs> he wasn't home yet. I wasn't going to go get him. Well, so Bill Gates and, and all the mega rich and powerful guys, this is the new world order. Yeah. This one power yeah. that they possess that throughout time and memorial – was the greatest part about, right. you know, your harem, right. your flock of women, your mistresses, your gumas that were, you know, stashed all yes. over town, all gone. Yeah. It's, Can't pull it off anymore. It's so funny. It's not this exact thing, but it reminds me of one of my favorite Patton Oswalt jokes about how he used to say, like, uh, you know, if I didn't like a song, I'd have to let you know, like Nickelback. You know why they sing that? Money and pussy. That's it. That's all. And then he goes, and then I thought... Do you know what horrible atrocities have been committed on this earth in the name of money and pussy? Like, you know, rape and pillaging. And he's like, now the guys at Nickelback, they didn't want to be dictators, but they thought, oh, I like that amount of right. money and pussy. I don't want to kill anybody. But you're right. I mean, this is this is what the dream is for you guys. If only Tony Hinchcliffe had done the Nickelback routine. <laughs> Still be with Willie Morris today. Maven got him a bump up. That's right. And I'm sorry, Patton, for hacking your joke, but it is one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, so Bill's going to run in this, but so is is all rich and powerful guys now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster has signed into law a bill that forces death row inmates to choose between the electric chair or a newly formed firing squad in the hopes that the state can restart execution after an involuntary 10-year pause, according to Fox News. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last week, uh, state lawmakers gave their final sign-offs to the bill, which retains lethal injection as the primary method of execution if the state has the drugs, but requires prison officials to use the electric chair or firing squad if it doesn't. So the way I understand it is a little bit of a workaround because all the death row inmates were choosing lethal injection, which they stopped doing. By because they could, Right. <laughs> well, but they couldn't get the, um, remember, they couldn't get the cocktail. Yeah. Oh, the so it was like, it was yeah. a loophole. Like, well, I chose lethal injection. Not my fault. You can't get your hands on it. So now they're saying, how about you choose a firing squad? We live in a really weird world. Death by gasoline drilling. <laughs> That's right. Which is... I've always said, just bring back the firing squad. It's cheap, super effective. You know. I would imagine in many ways painless because you don't really know you've been hit. They say it's one of the most humane in the sense that it's you know it's quick and it's over. It's well, if you have a sick dog, infection. do you put it in an electric chair or that's, do you put it down right. like old Yeller? That's a good point. Yeah. Well, so a couple things. Um, it's a lot cheaper. We never run out of bullets. Um, I would still do a thing where I got all this guards together and i go um i do the thing remember i told you when it was time to figure out who the cub scout leader was going to go on the sleepover with the guys like someone's hand flew up and we need someone to spend three nights with nine-year-olds up on mount okay bob you're out (laughs) jim's checking his phone in the back you're in (laughs) i would right i would say 
I would get all my guards together and go, all right, I'm putting together a firing squad. Who's at first guy raise hand yeah. and go, you're out. Yeah. I, this, you're way too enthusiastic about yeah. this. I don't want yeah. you to love this part of your job. You can like it. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to love it. Yeah, you don't love what you do. Well, and even like with the um, electric chair, don't they have like three switches and you don't know which one has the juice? Yeah, yeah, I guess a lot of just redundancy so you don't, for, right. for whatever. What's the word called? Well, I don't plausible it, deniability. Right, yeah, right, right, like right, the rubber exactly. bullet in the uh, right. firing squad. Exactly. One. Um, yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I don't know which one. See, the problem with the the problem with the injection and stuff is that people start choking on their own uh, mucus or their own saliva, and the, the stories of That's taking taking twenty minutes yeah. to put a guy down. It's yeah. not. Firing squad works yeah. works every time. I bet they wouldn't let you smoke. Oh, don't you always get a cigarette and a blindfold? You, you used to get a cigarette. I, a I time. I would bet there would be somebody who would object to the That's to great. the cigarette. And you know, it's so funny because, like, we talk about like you know cauliflower. Or, you know, Brussels sprouts had this great uh, PR person. You know, mm-hmm. think about the the counterintuitiveness of a firing squad and of lethal injection in terms of humane. Because, like you just said, it's like the injection. You just go right to sleep and your heart stops. No. You choke for 20 minutes. Well, well, firing squad seems very violent, but you're done. Well, look, tons of teenagers kill themselves with gunshots yeah. every year. It's a, it's a, it's effective and it's... Uh, I, it's Don't it's, use that in your pitch. It's painless unless you survive. Um, but welcome also... To, welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> but also, look, the worst part about the electric chair, firing squad, or probably lethal injection is the night before... And then the morning of, and then the walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's got to be the the biggest torture. Yeah. It's got to be the walk with sure. the priest Down and the, the whole thing. Mile. Once you're once you're strapped up, that that's probably Showtime. the easiest part of of it. It, it. It's the lead up to it in the in the long walk. So it, that that shall exist, whatever modality you right. choose. And you know what else I just realized is also the very sort of barbaric part. But I've never been in this situation. The viewing gallery yeah yeah oh that's a yeah that's a, in a john steinbeck novel I mean, but it's real no no, no. Yeah. he 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 wrote about that yeah. the, the weirdness of the guy right. that wanted to you know be the witness right. the victim's families things. or whatever yeah weird anyway. all weird well we've been talking about i've been bringing up ufos and now i'm not alone because senator marco rubio has thoughts on ufos so tmz reports that rubio says it's time to start talking about or taking ufos seriously in this country especially on capitol hill because he says they our threat. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice if we had that sci-fi movie moment where they did come down and they did, mm-hmm. you know, we all got our just, just came, yeah. and just came yeah. out and mm-hmm. showed themselves and they just went, we have been studying your ways. We've been studying. Mm-hmm. We've been, the reason you've mm-hmm. seen us mm-hmm. is we've been studying your ways. And um, here's what we've concluded. Um. Electric cars are good, but it's going to take about five years, so let's get the pipeline back on. Uh, you guys never stop talking about clean electric, but you won't do fucking a nuclear power plants. That'd be the most efficient way to do it. Um, the Patriots' old uniforms are much better than, than you, the you new ones. The, the, ones with like the, Grogan big to small. and those guys. The one week a year there are throwbacks is by far the best. We've studied, we've studied everything. <laughs> Uh, critical race theory is going to cause a fucking civil war in this country. 
and um, it's uh, it's it's not chickpeas, it's garbanzo bean, That's and true. they would just lay out a I whole like decree, that. and they'd go, "Look, not for nothing. We don't got a we don't got a dog in this fight. Yeah. We just we just watched, and we're geniuses. Yeah, we're capable just, of interstellar travel. We're far smarter than you. Yeah. are. We'll just, we're millions of years ahead. We'll just we'll just lay it out. DJ Khaled does nothing. Yeah. Stop giving him your money. We've been through all this a million years ago in our timeline. Right. <laughs> That's right. great. Well, the <laughs> legislator from Florida who headed up the Senate Intelligence Committee just last year spoke openly on this subject, saying despite the snickering that still goes on, he wants answers on these unexplained aerial phenomena. So on 60 Minutes on Sunday, um, Rubio said they could pose a serious risk to our national security, seeing as how they're constantly being spotted floating around. Now, here's a clip from 60 Minutes where Navy pilot David Fravor talks about his experience with UFO on the Pacific Coast in 2004. And, you know, these are all very sober dudes. So these stories are very interesting. Dad got out. I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac-looking object. And it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Sort of spiraling down? The tic-tac's still pointing north-south. It goes, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. So it's it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his F-18, with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I'll see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Marco, disappears. Disappears. Like gone. Marco Rubio is such a fucking simpleton. Like, like it's going to uh, affect our uh, national security. If these things are real and, and they possess technology we can possibly understand that are capable of being detected, not being captured, not being whatever, what, what defense do we have for national security? If they want to destroy us, we'd be at their mercy. Space Force. Uh, we'd be helpless. Yeah, I think he's saying it just to get get them get the ball rolling. Get them, to, yeah, because you like can't it. go not for nothing. Mm. You got to go. This is a serious. This is a seriously affecting or could have implications. Yeah. You do that. Here's the implications. Nothing's better than national security. Yeah. Now you must share it. And but, I, uh, yeah. Well, my take is kind of both. I mean, national like either this stuff exists or something exists. Either way, we should know about it. So either it's some Chinese drone mm. or it's this. Which is more likely, honestly. Hmm? Which, which, is, which is more likely? You are I, no I guess. fun at I'm all. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's more likely. Yeah, I don't, you know, the, the thing, I mean, the thing is, is we are the tip of the spear from this aviation technology. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's no country that knows more, has more than we have, or can do more than right. We, there's variations of what we do, but it's all kind of, we kind of do it the best. And, and God knows what I don't know, but I mean, my stepdad worked for Lockheed and the Skunk Works for a long time, and they were working on a bunch of top secret shit and they were doing stealth planes in the 90s and stuff like that so if whatever is going on in these videos or to the pilots is mind-numbing to them it probably means yes it's not another version of us doing it so i don't know what it is that's my point ultimately it would be like a pop warner team saying hey we're playing an NFL team this weekend. We gotta start taking this seriously. It's right. like, no, you, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it won't even. This won't even be a contest. I would bet that 
from certainly from a national security standpoint, I wouldn't look at it as um, they're going to destroy us or we're going to fight them or any of that. But what is this technology and who gets their fucking hands on it? That's interesting. Because uh, you shouldn't. We would not want uh, Iran to, no. to buddy up to technology. <laughs> well, maybe oh, they just right, land. Right. Maybe they land there and yeah. they take a shining yeah. to the Ayatollah or something. I mean, it, <laughs> well, that's how that's how the, the the rise of the machines, the Terminators. Remember, they they got his arm and they got a chip out of the guy's you know, right the head. Yeah. And so they say, you know, fucking Skynet. If the aforementioned Sweden or Canada right. gets hold of this stuff, I think we'd we'll be survive. okay with yeah. ourselves. But there are a lot of rogue nations that's out good, there. That's a good point, and I always just grew up thinking you know what would unite the entire world aliens then we'd have something to really uh you know band together and fight that 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 ship has sailed this stuff comes down we start blaming each other and killing each other immediately wow. don't you think that's what they want that's right wow don't yeah. you think yeah i guess also i guess we should apologize to a lot of farmers we're calling yeah. drunken yeah. nut jobs right. from the 60s you're like, i swear to god circles. i'm staring out there you drinking too much hank get <laughs> back to probes. work that's right. right why do you think the aliens targeted those guys yeah mm. no one would, believe would be them. believed yes UFC lightweight Benil Dariush extended his winning streak to seven with a unanimous decision victory over Tony Ferguson at UFC 262 on Saturday night. But that's not what really captured the headline. When the fight ended, after thanking Jesus and speaking about anti-Marxist ideology, there was one more person he wanted to call out. Here's a clip of him in the octagon talking to Joe Rogan. And finally, I want to call somebody out. Joe, I want to call out your buddy. Elon! Elon Musk! Where's my wife's car, bro? I've been waiting six months. I've had the baby. I need a good car. I need, I gotta protect my daughter. Let's go, Elon! Get me my car. Okay, let's, let's talk about the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, always the pro. The worst, the worst feeling ever, because I've done this a few times, and there's a version of, there's an old guy version of it at a wedding. Where they grab your hand oh, and yeah. go, I want to say something to Tammy and Rico. <laughs> and you're like, okay, crazy uh, old guy with yeah. the grip. Everything goes when you're old, not the grip. The grip <laughs> gets stronger yeah. as you get older. Everything else goes, but the fucking grip gets That's more good. powerful. Yeah. The nutsack and the grip are the oh, two wow. things that do not fade. Right. And the grip on the nutsack, buddy, watch and out. it's always bad. <laughs> you combine those watch two in the worst Reese's peanut butter cup ever. Yeah, you feel that hand on the thing. It's oh, that's always bad. Yeah, always yeah, that's bad. a good point. And then they asked him about it afterwards. At like you know, they sit at the, like the little press conference table, and they said, "Yeah, what was that about Elon?" He's like, "Hey, bro, you know, like uh, I, you know, I was supposed to get this car in March. It's almost June. Like it's disrespectful. Like he, right. this is on the brain." Yeah, I'll always. Uh, sorry, we'll bring it home, and then I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. You got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. Oh my God, there's somebody that wants to fuck me 300 feet away. Gina, Gina That was the news with Gina Grad. I told you, Uncle Frank, God rest his soul, Uncle Frank's move was the claw on the upper arm. Mm. And just like the mic grab, you are, it's an admittance of guilt. It's like, this person's not going to let me finish my thought, so I must claw right. onto his upper, to his forearm, right. you know, and Frank... 
Too he, many people escaped. He had so many people slide out of his. You know, Jimmy should run for mayor of Hollywood conversations at the barbecue that he just instinctively grab. started going for the upper arm grab. And once you had that Denver boot on your bicep, you had to hear out whatever story he was telling. But it's funny how these things... The, It probably didn't happen when he was 22. It happened later on when people were trying to get out of the conversation. And that's that nice, I don't give a shit anymore vibe. Like, you're going to hear this whether you're interested or not. It was funny because Frank did it in a kind of, it was kind of an endearing way, but it was also you're not going anywhere kind of way. Right. It was. uh, I like that. Yeah. He'll be missed. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, Hyundai Tucson. That's right. Every inch of the new Tucson's been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovations inside and out. And you can learn more at Hyundai.com. Los Angeles, Jam in the Van. We're doing a live podcast. Dawson's doing stand-up there. Max Pata's band is playing as well. That's this Saturday, Jam in the Van. We're all going to be there. And you can go to amcrolla.com for all the live shows coming up. Golden, Colorado, and Anchorage, Alaska. Just added one in Raleigh. Mm. That's, oh, uh, Raleigh. Bring some gas. In uh, <laughs> July 16th, 17th. Doing a live pod there, doing stand-up there. Royal Oak, Michigan, Kansas City. Go to amcrolla.com for all the live stuff and until next time Adam Crow for Bethany Frankel, Gina Grant, and Paul Bryan say it. Mahalo. Now go pump the round eyes gas, bitch. Okay. Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Carolla. You can catch Gina Grad on the podcast Easy Listening with Teresa Strasser and Paul Bryan on the film vault. Me and Chris and Gary and Matt and Kalen on the podcast called The Water Cooler. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744 and get tickets to see the Ace Man live this weekend at Jam in the Van in Santa Monica. AdamCarolla.com Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.